0: relate to helps anyone who knows how to use PowerPoint or sends PDFs all of a sudden become a magical content creator. They become web designer in seconds. Hey, welcome back to the
1: Growth and Scaling podcast. This is your host, Todd Westra. You are going to love the interview that we have today. It is uh, a story of growth and scaling that's a little bit unusual because not only is this founder an amazing founder and has built some amazing things in his past it, before this business, but with this business, he targeted a, an amazing avatar. That's what I love about this journey. The company is cool. The product is cool. Everything about it is, is, is a, a typical founder's journey, but what's untypical, in my opinion, was the approach he took, the targets that he hit, and and he went straight for the enterprise client. That is hard to do. You listening, you're probably like me. You wanna kinda grow into bigger clients. What he did was targeted big clients first, landed some amazing deals, perfected the product with an enterprise level scope of, of need in mind, and now it's translating down into the everyday solopreneur user. I love this company. I love the founder. It uh, turns out we have a relationship that you'll see at the end of the interview that uh, that was surprised, surprised both of us when we discovered this common relationship. So jump into this interview. You're gonna love what you learn. There are so many lessons in here and I just, I think you're gonna be fascinated. There's a lot of things to learn from this interview. So we will talk to you later and we'll see you on the flip side of this interview. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Today, we have got a special guest, uh, someone who we have reconnected with through business, even though we have a very, very fun past together in high school. So we're gonna jump into this interview like that. Alex, tell us who you are, and what does your business do?
0: Hey, Todd. Alex Chivilenko. Um, I'm a founder and CEO of To. And To helps anyone who knows how to use PowerPoint or sends PDFs all of a sudden become a magical content creator. They become web designer in seconds. So that's uh, the value problem. We could get into how we do it, but um, democratizing interactive and web content is 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 sort of the special sauce of what we're doing.
1: Well, and this is a huge thing, right? Because, I mean, everybody uses PDFs to send a deck or send information or send. And it's boring, it's flat, it's two dimensional. How are you bringing this to a, a, uh, a more colorful way to present your information? Yeah, uh,
0: so, sure. So look, the start was the good news. The PDF, everybody knows what it is. Everybody right. knows how to create it. The bad news is it looks like everybody else's PDF. And so what um, we decided to to do is help people take what you have as a PDF or a PowerPoint and turn it into a website. So what does a website have? It has navigation that's web-like, so you could immediately get to the right bits. It has videos that are embedded inside versus like, you know how you click a, a video on a PDF and then you go off to YouTube do you another browser. you go off to watch cats or dogs or, you know, <laughs> kids, you know? so, so you can, invent. I never get stuck doing
1: that. <laughs> no, you're
0: good. Uh, but um, the point is that you can enrich it with all the goodness of the web. And it does, you know, you, the, the PDF or the PowerPoint is still the base. So if that's what you really want, you can put it out there. Then you could start bundling content. into hubs, right? So you have, this PDF, that video, that other PDF. So instead of sending three attachments and, and a right. video link, you kind of bundle it into a kind of experience hub. And then you could okay. uh, share the security, right? Whether it's web based or you could control and like who accesses it. And finally, you get the analytics of actually
1: who's, who's looking at your
0: stuff. Is it working? Did they yeah. get on the page five? And did they actually click on that video? And, Did they share it with oh, other people that they were they supposed it, to? Exactly. So you could really capture the digital body language the way that websites do like on a consumer side, but we don't really get a chance to understand that in a business side. And sometimes the most important messages that we send out are the worst communicated one, the worst <laughs> understood. So that's yes. sort of the tragedy of the modern uh, buyer journeys and and sale- sellers and marketers that we try to fix.
1: So these are like a microsite, essentially like the, an informational site that you're just sharing the information with people. And I'm assuming there's all sorts of cool stuff like templates and you can like just tweak the intro and send off the re-
0: right. Exactly. I the mean, prepare it right. once,
1: send it out a hundred times.
0: You can, uh, personalize it. Um, we have templates of you, like, if you don't have your PowerPoint worked out, we have templates of PowerPoints or Google slides that you can start cool. using and they're already optimized to look like they're going to be a killer website. And some gotcha. of them, like, so they're microsites, but they could be like a flip book, right? right. Which, which is like a book, re- reimagined, which is much richer media. It could be an infographic, right? It, okay. So it's, it's a, it's a we, we now do videos, so you could make a static, static video and make right. it interactive without thinking, you know, too much about it. Like typically interactive videos right. are hard to do. So it's a broad range of, Boring content or same old content that you could transform now
1: to really engage your
0: audience at the end of the day, right? And make sure they have a positive experience and know what, what they need to get out of that content.
1: All right. So now I know what you do. Who are you doing this for? And and how is it benefiting them? I mean, y- you know, a lot of people when they're launching products, they, they start with really small clients. I mean, from what I gather and from what I see on your site, you, you are like, you're amazing, really big companies with your tech. How, who are you working with and how does this, how does this affect the growth of your company?
0: Yeah, well, we, we've been very fortunate. Um, we, uh, we've been backed by, you know, great institutions like the Wharton School and some cool. of our earliest design partners slash customers are great companies. They're, they're like Accenture in professional services, Salesforce in tech and if you the common thread was with companies like this is that they, they were leaders in consumerizing b2b right like it, right. like essentially the first one to do advertising back in the days right salesforce is like disney for B2B companies, you know, like it's it's like they really create, like My kids love their Salesforce toys more than they love their Disney toys. So these are- They love their
1: Salesforce more than their own business sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So so yeah, so we've been very fortunate. And so we learned from them, we kind of grew with them, we met their needs. And then um, recently we opened this up. uh, And so now, you know, anybody was a great idea, can actually bring that idea to life and make sure it, it has a chance at success in the noisy world. Uh, but right. I, we owe a lot to these large companies and obviously they start in one place and because you know, PDFs are everywhere, presentations are everywhere, microsites right, are everywhere. Right. It sort of spreads and expands across. So that's that's been our growth story.
1: That's awesome. I mean, it's not every day you hear people with uh, a business that has clients like that. I mean, enterprise solutions are hard to create and develop because they all have their internal teams. I mean, tell me about this growth journey, because like I said, I mean, the companies you're mentioning, the the Salesforce's, the Accenture's, companies like that, to produce a product that they will actually incorporate and utilize is not an easy chore. How did you determine to like, create something that they can use as opposed to starting with a a solopreneur and trying to service them and then hopefully grow into that i'm curious the mindset there
0: yeah um great question so so a couple things so one we um we bootstrapped at the beginning so so sort of when you're bootstrapping if you go to solopreneur you're gonna get exactly what solopreneur has which is nothing uh you know as far as kind of paying you right and so they might get yes. feedback but it's it's not going to uh, it's not going to pay the bill so we no. we we took a philosophy that we would rather work with small teams in those, these large organizations but that they have budget so like they're kind of solopreneurs or small teams or underserved teams inside Fact. a larger entity but yeah. they're not starving and they 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 found a valuable solution um, right. that will help then you look at the other reason is like you look at somebody like um Accenture like they are the world's largest user of Microsoft Office. Right. Period. Wow. They are the world's largest reseller of Microsoft Office. Right? And so we we, we love that. Office, right? We and also same probably for Adobe, you know, uh, platforms, right? So we love these platforms. We are not trying to kill PowerPoint, we're not trying to kill PDF. We're going kind to of, we help you use the ones that, you know, if you if you love those tools, if you know how to use them, make the most of it. Right. So, so I think for us, it was very complimentary and we just, um, you know, saw the, saw the big opportunity and then we paid, you know, the, it was customer funded gross. And then right. that, you know, that was one idea. The second one, kind of what I mentioned is like, um, in my past lives. I work at great companies like SuccessFactors, which became part of SAP and led SAP's cloud journey. That's cool. And, That's a um, big deal. Yeah. And at Salesforce, even. I turned at Salesforce when I was at Stanford Business School. And, and what I learned from there was that having flagship customers that are awesome yeah. does help. And so we, we kind it of, to- totally we, we sort of proactively, we didn't do a lot of selling, but we did reach out to Salesforce and Accenture is, hey, do you guys want to use us? First went through yeah. their innovation programs. They told us to go mind our business. But we just, <laughs> you know, because we we're like, you know, little startup, couple guys and an idea, but eventually yeah. like they saw what we can do and and uh, they've been great innovators. Um, I love it. And you know, it was to them because the, the teams that picked it up, they've done really well. They've won awards. Um, Really? And you know, They make us very proud to be on a journey with them because they are innovators inside these large companies, and these companies want to innovate. Like I think, you know, hats off to both of them. They're 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 despite their scale, they're they right. in some ways they're more innovative than much smaller companies. So we're we don't want to like we don't believe it's like large companies are you know right. not innovating. I think they 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 want to do it. So we've been
1: just well. Very You bring up a really good point. And I think that a lot of a lot of founders kind of forget this, the fact that you've got these behemoth companies like Accenture, who, who are staffed with normal people, right? Like, we have this image in our mind, but we're a startup. And we're like, looking at these huge companies, we seem to think that everyone there is a giant, and somehow they're smarter than us. They know better than us, they they've got better tools than us. And the reality is, they're just people trying to to pull levers to move that business. Right.
0: Yeah. you mean, imagine organizations like that, right? Like they they have to work a lot internally and, you know, just to to get attention there. But, uh, you know, the the I will tell you this, that like they are disciplined in terms of security. And so we had to yeah. take we had to take a, a lot of um, attention uh, in, in our early development to make sure we have enterprise-grade security architecture that passes yeah, yeah. You know, the, the necessary requirements for for companies that sell security solutions or like Salesforce is the right. largest cloud, you know, cloud vendor. So they like cloud security is a big deal for them. So we were very fortunate to also that they took us through a journey of like passing yeah. their security requirements. So like, I think I wouldn't recommend this for everybody, but if you kind of identify that You have innovative people, they use a lot of slides and whatever, like in our case, and we are a team solution that worked well with an enterprise. So we didn't need to go sell to the CIO of Accenture on day one. Um, Right, right. You know, that, that helped, right? Like, but eventually, you know, this goes up, right? Like, and so that's the exciting thing about kind um, of no code platforms is so you could start with individuals and teams. Right, right. And, and then over time... And they just of, kind of share it uh, out with other people. Yeah. They spread out. How did you out. do that? How did yeah, you do it, that?
1: No, no. I mean, like, it, you share it with one or two people on a team and all of a sudden the other team members are yeah, like, how did you do that?
0: Right? That is so cool. How did you do that? Exactly. <laughs> just, that helps when you have creative customers, right? And then they, they start getting internal recognition. And so we're getting, yeah. you know, getting people like, Hey, I want to, I want to get recognized too, or where's something right. like it's psychological, right? Like 100%. I, I want, like people want to say, Hey, I have a competitive advantage when I go into my important meeting or no like kidding. I'm going into my, my biggest event of the year. Am I going to wear right. my suit from 1989, some Amish high school freshman? You're a prom <laughs> you know, we like, you know, wear something that's modern, right. That fits me that, you know, let's let, like improves my chances in the, in the game of life. And and, totally. and so like, we're basically people kind of start thinking, Oh, well, this is a, this is a competitive advantage. This is kind of not a burden. This is something that's going to help my project, uh, my 100%. company, mm-hmm. um, and so, and that our customers care about their customers right? they want, So they, they like it sort of starts. It's very, it, you know, it's very much. I want you to have a great experience engaging right. with us. Unfortunately, because of COVID and the way the world is, we can't go and take you out and buy you steak and, you know, you know, totally. and have a lot of nice red wine and convince you that we're awesome. Totally. You know, let's start with something substantive. And, but how do we make that substantive experience feel interesting, natural, you know, high right. end to a degree, like the reflects our know, value. And I want to dive in just a little
1: deeper into this, because I, I think that what you did to grow your business is so different than the way most people are trying to grow and scale the business. And that is, you really understood that your initial avatar, your, your, your client persona that you were going for was enterprise. Like, I, I think that when you start at enterprise and you've and you build a structure around their requirements, it makes it so much easier to taper down as opposed to starting with small guys who have no requirements and then building up into, a, a, an area that does require more work. I mean, in a sense, that's really the hard route, but now it's that you've gotten that, it now
0: it's easier, now it's easier, but it was. I think it was very hard, and um, you know, Todd. Like, I don't. I think it, the credit should go to to our development team because they've architected right. it so it would be sufficiently easy to use for anybody, right? Unit right. of one in an enterprise, but it would still like meet the enterprise requirements. I love I think. It. That's not the way most people approach it. They start with like no. you said, solopreneurs, and then. So we always knew that the way we could grow this business is in the similar way that, you know, something like Slack grows, right. Or right, Airtable, right. like that it would just kind of start spreading. And, and then right. you know, eventually, like, if you look at where the revenue for those businesses is, it's not in SMB, it's in the, it's in the enterprise. enterprise. Segment. But the way to grow, the way to succeed in the enterprise is actually to create an awesome experience for individuals. And I think right. that's what a lot of people miss right they think the way to succeed as an enterprise is to hire a bunch of expensive reps that you know right. have 200k on target earnings and you know and then like use their relationships and do dinners and things. like it's nothing wrong with that for some solutions it does work it, for some solutions yeah. right like you gotta you gotta find like what's what's the immediate value that you could get oh well i you know you i'm gonna I'm going to succeed was my most important project because right. it's not going to look like a douchebag that talks about digital transformation, but shows up with a PDF piece of paper, which is analog, you know, analog paper, right? And say, I'm going to show you the way of digital transformation. It is going to be amazing. <laughs> totally. Follow me, you know? Totally. I'm going to fax well, this to you afterwards. I'm going to fax it to you just to make sure you get it, right? Like, I mean, this is silly. Dude. It is Uh, silly. Yeah.
1: No, it's silly. And and I love, you know, the fact that you're, uh, you know, when I go to your website, uh, RelayTo.com, you go there and you've got this, the first thing, the first option is an interactive presentation. And it is like full of explosion and excitement. And it's like, okay, wait, I thought I was coming here to like fix up my presentation. And I, I think it's rad. I mean, this thing is so cool how you are practicing what you're preaching right now. And for those listening, like I got to tell you, for those who are trying to build and scale their business, there's a lot of ways to grow and scale your business, but think of yourself with the most perfect client you could have. An enterprise client is not for everybody, but for this, it's a perfect client. Start there, fit the match, match your product for what your perfect client would look like and want and need and it's much easier to grow down. I, I think I think that you've just demonstrated in just a few minutes, proper growth and scaling tactics are to attack your dream client first, then taper down and, and dumb it down for the people that are great clients, but they're not your dream
0: client. You know what I mean? Well, and I think, um, Todd, what, what we're learning is we're evolving, right? And we've been very yeah. surprised by, uh, you know, Maybe like commercialization, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously larger clients mean more revenue, but I think, you know, the beauty of of something that's fundamental to human nature and to business, which is communication is like, all of us have to do this. So yeah. I'm not even any more sure that a midsize organization or is no longer a dream client because they, sure. they're steamy, sure. they know some tools already and they just onboard really quickly yeah, and yeah. they go create great things and then they go sell to the enterprises totally. or some other people. And those people go, what is that amazing thing that a tiny startup well, is pitching us that we don't have ourselves. And that sort of, so we fortunately, because of the viral nature, of what we're building, you know, yeah. we, we love we love all sorts of clients, right? Like whether it's a nonprofit it was a great cause that makes our team, you know, right. just super motivated and work work harder to enable folks like that all the way to totally you know, businesses in the world.
1: Well, well, hit me with your biggest challenge because you know we've talked about the fun of the growth of your business. Talk to us about the hurdles you've had to hit. Yeah, you know, one in particular. What's been the hardest thing? about getting your business to this this level where you're at right now.
0: Well look I, I think you've heard that we bootstrap, right? And I think yeah. when you when you um, are somebody that was like me where I had been at a company that went public before and as yeah. an early employee. So like I could have raised the money and and yet I made the choice to bootstrap it, work with the customers, take the longer route. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was that that was not the obvious choice. It feels very smart now that the startup funding market is imploding, but at the time, <laughs> you know, um, that was counterintuitive uh, that we, yeah, we raised some money from strategic, you know, advisors and, you know, CEOs of other cloud companies, but it was sort of um, relatively small compared to what we could have done or what other folks right. were doing. But that, challenge forces to to be like very nitty and like very gritty you know work on the product be scrappy and resourceful and i wouldn't trade that culture for 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 nothing but yeah like back to our you know connection on on high school like the yeah you know i you know i was fresh off the boat immigrant but the one thing i so that's kind (laughs) of endurance in itself like how do you go through this but what i remember is like i was um Barely spoke English, and I joined the high school wrestling team. And I yeah. was not the best athlete, but I w- i got the award for the one that is the most endurant, the one that sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that was sort of that determination. And that's endurance. a bootstrapper right there. So I think that sort of. So I have to thank, you know, I have uh, I have to thank that for um, <laughs> for that that challenge. And then the on the longer term thing, right? So speaking of high school, like we're we're kind of joking before the call. Yeah. So what? What, what are? We, what else did we learn? Well, um, I mean, somebody in in, in um, it, when I was in when I was just kind of saying, "Hey, I want to go to a good university." They told me you need to show leadership skills. Right. And right. Uh, I was like, well, well, you know, I was just barely spoke English, but we did. I know, and I, I knew how to play chess, so I became a president of the chess club. You know, at, at Samamish. Natural a leader. Natural leadership role. You know. Everybody, uh, the school, school at the chess club, the rest high school. I was not the best player, but um, but I think it does learn to see. Like when you play chess, you do see the long game, right? You have to react right. in the moment, but you have to kind of play play it out. And I think yep. that um, eventually, towards the end of high school, I did figure out how to be a real leader and other things. But it was sort of the ability to see the the long game and kind of see a couple right. you know a couple steps ahead, what's going to happen ahead of the curve that allowed us to make that decision, all right, well, let's go, you know, let's go kind of, we always think about consumerizing, but right. can we monetize with real customers and real pain points that they have that they're willing totally. to pay money for, yeah.
1: Well, I love that, and that's that's some great advice. And honestly, um, I think the lesson that you learn from chess is, you know, you could be in this battle with somebody going, just moving your pawns back and forth, and all of a sudden, you recognize they slip up, and then you have an opportunity, right? I mean, you, you, you have, uh, you know, and I'll just say this: you know, we went to high school together, and and when we were in high school, and you were fresh off the boat, I remember how scrappy and innovative and, and eager you were to kind of join this new American culture you were part of, and and to see you now, years thirty years later. Uh, as someone who has taken the, the time to go through these other business growth journeys and, and build businesses and be part of such an exciting movement and have the vision to say, you know what? I grew up in such a different place and now here I am selling products and services to multi-billion dollar organizations. How cool is that? Like, what advice do you give to people who are who are out there thinking there's no way that that my future has this in it what what do you tell people like that
0: well that's that's interesting um yeah so so for context i was born in ukraine in kiev uh which is new worthy right now but at the time was not at all and um what i have to say well i i i think it's um you know, one of the magic of America and like the the industry in America, and where kind of I like got the spirit of you know yeah. as an immigrant, is that you know everything is possible if you if you know you know early to bed, early to rise, work your butt off, and evangelize or, or build your product <laughs> or whatever it is, right? Like you kind of gotta you you kind of everything. Like I think there is that spirit um, that that comes, but I I also would say. Uh, yeah. Like if somebody told me like at that age, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey son, you're gonna be, you know, living, like living between London and Paris and San Francisco, the working was great companies right. that are, you know, work, um, uh, building technology that, you know, reimagines the book, which for yeah. a geek like me was pretty, it's pretty cool. Like right? We're reimagining the, the long form content. Uh, you're going to be married to a French lady you know like i would have yeah. never I would have never like some didn't have that like in the, no. In the back of the No, place. that that wasn't in the like the the goal it wasn't book in the yeah. plan right like you know and so i would have said papa which is russian or ukrainian for uh for father like you know Botko is in the ukrainian uh like i said, like put down the vodka you know this is not possible <laughs> this is what happened but it's you know life life was unpredictable and i think yeah. um staying open Uh, It's sort of part of the being what entrepreneurs need to do, right? Like have a plan, but but can be adaptable. And uh, I think it's um, adaptable is key. The, The world is different now, right? So the beauty of running a business globally wasn't a real option. You know, right back when back then so i think we just uh, i don't i think I, my advice is going to be more limited now right other than yeah you know, don't constrain yourself right like the the world is don't limit is, your own self right it, yeah like just be, be out there and like meet great people like you todd and you know be open and uh you know i admire your uh, your parental capacity mixed with entrepreneurial capacity so i need to take lessons from you like how, how do you do that that's that's the well. most important thing for me because my kids are not at all impressed with anything of the stuff that we talked about right like they're like
1: <laughs> i know right
0: how good of a dad are you right like that's sort of the the real question of like um so i think that's the stuff that i i'd say uh you know entrepreneurial journey is not this is not uh, somehow separated from the life journey and I agree uh, you know we need to be
1: the, to the entrepreneurial journey is your life journey right i mean it, it everything's it. a part really of it part of it yeah
0: yeah it's like well it's Alex, big, who,
1: yeah. who do you look at in your journey like who do you look at in your network as you as you try to get things off the ground and and build your business is there someone that you have in your network that kind of inspires you to keep out keep it going
0: well i've been you know super blessed um Became being, being bootstrapped. There was there were kind of few folks that that you know helped us in the before we even knew what we were doing, yeah. and one of them was Aaron Al, kind of co-founder and CTO of Success Factors, where I kind of grew cool. up professionally in the sales business. But what I'd say most interest most recently, we've been very blessed to work with um, Dean Stoker, who uh-huh. is the founder and CEO. Of Alterix, and he bootstrapped Alterix to in a public company that was that was a public CEO, and awesome. you know, they democratized data, and we're democratizing digital experiences, and so right, um, you know, we're learning a ton from him, and so it's been, you know, I love it to have inspirational leaders on the journey. I think that's been a real. I gift.
1: love it. Well, we're gonna tag him in the post, and and for those listening, I hope you picked up a lot of the stuff that I did, you know, there's a lot of background that Alex and I have together, that we have not connected, to be totally honest, I don't think we've connected in 30 years, since we graduated. But I will tell you right now, the journey that I've seen and the, and the sparkle in your eye, when you talk about your business and your growth and your family and all these things, real growth is possible. When you're trying to grow and scale a business, it sometimes feels like you're never gonna get there. You're never gonna get that break. You're never gonna get that connection that ties you into that that dream client. It is possible. And and Alex and I have both lived this vision in our lives. And, and I would just say, for those that are aspiring to grow and scale their companies, look out, you know, look look for people who have been there. As he mentioned, his shout outs, you know, there's always someone that's, that's 10 steps ahead of you. Don't be afraid to ask them, hey, what did you, how can I shortcut this journey? How can I get from here to there faster? And you'll be surprised how many people who are as passionate as Alex and I are in sharing with you our journey and how you could shortcut a few errors that we make along the way. Am I right in saying that?
0: Absolutely. And and you know, on the on the Dean Stoker example, he has an amazing book out, um, which I recommend everybody reads. It sort of takes the whole journey and the emotional journey human journey exactly what we we're talking about todd it, like it's a great practitioner philosopher of of building a uh, at least a software driven business right. if you're into that you know as i am but i i couldn't recommend it higher um so awesome on, awesome on great 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 insights todd i think hey. i should be interviewing you next time I think maybe next time we'll do that. (laughs) But
1: thank you, Alex, so much for being here. It's been great to reconnect. and, And I hope this episode does impact some people's lives. And I think it will. So thanks for being here. And we'll see you guys next time on the Growth and Scaling Podcast.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Todd. Great to reconnect.
1: All right. Who'd have thought that 30 years after high school, you run into somebody who had an impact on your life then? I remember Alex in high school, and he was an amazing immigrant. Lots of immigrants in the Seattle area, but I remember specifically his ability to become Americanized and to, to jump off from uh, travel from Ukraine as a high school student, jump into our network and into our world and into our society, and look at what he's done in 30 years. Amazing growth, amazing journey, and I'm so proud of Alex and his business and his family. He a lot of stuff going for him. For those of you on a growth and scaling journey, trying to figure out where you're gonna go in your business, one of the first things you gotta do is what Alex did. Know your avatar. Know the type of persona that you're trying to build your product around and go for it. I love that he bootstrapped because it drives you to quicker action to make sure that your product is delivering your ideal client wants he did this he grew the business and now he's on his way through a great trajectory of growth and scaling you can't beat the story you can't beat the product uh i i've done some demos i'm looking into using it and trying to figure out ways to incorporate it into my business i am far from an enterprise level user but this is the beauty of what he did Develop for enterprise and then downscale it to users like me and you who have smaller organizations, even with a team of 30 or 40 like me, we're gonna able to adopt and build and grow off of what he's built. Love this story. I hope you grab some nuggets out of this interview. Follow Alex on social media and learn what he's doing. And go take a demo. Go to go take a test drive of his product. You're gonna love it at relay2.com and uh, links are in the bio and the show notes. Share this with someone that needs to hear it. Whether it's an immigrant story, whether it's a a startup story or just a client avatar story, doesn't matter. This has a lot of lessons on a lot of levels. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you on the next episode.